Amen. Well, the Lord has spoken to my heart today. Thank you, Tanya. And I want to talk to you about the way. The way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He declares in that portion of Scripture three things that happen out of his life. First of all, we sing the song even, he's the way maker. He is not just the way maker, he is the way. And we come into him. He is the truth. And then he said in, in, in another portion of Scripture, he said, I'm going to send, and, and actually in John 16, I'm going to send the comforter. And when the helper comes, he's going to lead and guide you into all truth. So he is the truth. So the Holy Spirit does everything in leading us to more of Jesus, to understanding him, to learning his ways, to sensing his presence, just like we were singing, your presence is an open door. He, he, he is the open door, the open door the truth, and he is the life, and all life comes from the Father through the blood. For you and I are of one blood, and we have one Father. We don't have many fathers. We, don't have, we have one Father who has blessed us with his blood, one blood, and given us of his Son so that we could be in his family and have his Spirit living within us. The open door, the way in all ways to all things. That's Jesus. Well, Jesus brings us these truths, and then Paul reiterates in Hebrews. It's an interesting scripture, Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Isn't it interesting that songs that were sung by a new and living way which he, Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us, you and I, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Considering one another as you look around to those who are around you. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. But exhorting, encouraging, acknowledging, bolstering even. Compelling one another. Exhorting one another. So much more as you see the day approaching. So then in Hebrews number 4 and verse 16, Jesus says for us to come boldly. Boldly, let us enter in boldly. If he's the door and we come to the Father through him, he's telling you and I to come boldly. As Bethany was dealing with the offering and made the statement about make a withdrawal 
You and I have resources in heaven, and we have an open door. Over the years, we have had words of prophetic utterance to this house that God has given us an open door. But I propose to you that, in fact, there has been an open door since the day of Pentecost. When he opened the door and poured out his spirit, from that day forward, nobody ever has shut that door, nor can they. So there is a constant flow from heaven coming to the body of Christ on a continual basis. And what we have to do is avail ourselves of the privilege and the promise and begin to walk in the blessing and receive from and draw from the promises of God. If he's made the promise, we draw from it. I don't know how your childhood was, but if, if, father, if my dad made a promise, we could draw from that. If mom made a promise, we knew we could draw off of that promise. It, it, it often uh, was a promise, if you, I will. <clears throat> now, that wasn't always the greatest of the privilege that I thought. Because if you will go out there and hold the weeds around the beans, I will. And then you stop and you think, well, let's weigh this out. You got eight rows of beans and every one of those rows are 50 foot long. I'm not sure the if will coincide with the I will. But then he brought about another means of persuasion that said, I will. It's, it's, he made a believer out of me. It's interesting because who the Lord loves, he chastens. We won't talk about that because it doesn't make anybody happy. But it's a fact anyway in how it works. So we would go and we would do what we were supposed to do. And we would grumble the whole time we were doing it. And when we were done, we'd be wiping off all the junk and, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But then when mom put beans on the table, it made a difference. However... As a teenager eating beans on a regular basis in the summertime, I one time said, I'll never eat beans again. Now I'm glad to get them. But he opened the door and he says to us, and the point is, come boldly, boldly, enter in boldly, come before me boldly. It's not time for you to be meek little wimps. It's time for the body of Christ in the kingdom of God to stand up stronger than you've ever stood up before and understand something that he is still God. He has not relinquished one ounce of authority. He has not released one sphere of influence. He has not moved away from one smidgen of control. He is and always will be the unmutable undeniable, unwavering, unfaltering God. And he is our God. And he loves us. And he calls us by name. Now let me tell you, he knows you. The Bible says he knows those that are his. He's aware of you. He knows you by name. He knows all of us by our nutty head stuff we do. You may not understand nutty head stuff, but I understand it well. 
And my father understands it from me well, and he still grants grace. But when we consider who we are and how we are, let's look at even our core values at the church. In our core values, we keep Jesus at the center of all things. See, because Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, the author of this book, the author. You see, this is irrefutable. This is undeniable. This Bible, in every way, is the literary expression of the living God. This is his story. He was in Genesis 1, and he is in Revelations 22. And he is in every verse, every part, every line, every part of it. He's in it. It's him. And if I want to know him, I can go right here, and I can say, Holy Spirit, lead me. To Jesus today and he's going to begin to lead me through the scripture and show me ways and show me things after, after the many years of reading and the many years of study I'm still going to learn something new almost on a daily basis because he's inexhaustible in understanding come boldly look to Jesus and then that brings us to another thing. Because we are spirit-led, we have to understand where is he leading us. He's leading us, yes, to Jesus. He's leading us to truth. And in today's society, you're going to have people that say, well, what is truth? What is truth? And truth today in this world is subjective. But truth in Christ is permanent and solid. It is sure. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus begins to talk and he tells him, he says, enter through this narrow gate. But then he goes on. If he had just stopped there, that would have been really nice. But he goes on and he says, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. When uh, Pastor Chad and I were talking about this message, I had the idea of having him fix me up a, a screen thing that would be like a GPS and just show a two-lane road with an exit ramp to the left and an exit ramp to the right. And I thought, now that would be cute and that would make it way. Because, you know, in, in modern-day preaching, you're supposed to have a visual aid. You're looking at him. <laughs> but you and I are spirit-led. But in this life that we live and in this road or gate or way that we are taking, he says it's narrow. It's, it's in Matthew 7, he, he says it that way, but then in Luke, he says it another way. No, no, back up. Because narrow is the gate, Matthew 7, 14. Difficult is the way. 
which leads to life. And there are few who find it. And Luke, he says, enter into this gate. But there are few who are going to find this gate. And then he says, when the master of the house shuts the door, it's over. And I want you to remember that portion because you and I are going to have to understand something. And on this highway that we are being led on, it is a fact that we are better together. This is a highway in Isaiah 35. This is a prophetic word and it's Jesus actually talking. And he's declaring what it's going to be like in the end. When God comes with a vengeance and with a recompense. To save all of us. Prior to the scripture I gave you, he talks about this is where he talks about the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped and the lame shall leap like a deer in the tongue of the dumb shall speak. I want us to take hold of that this morning. We have some people who need their eyes opened, literally. Let's believe for it to happen right here while I'm preaching. If you can open your heart to believe, you can receive. Right where you're sitting, right where you are right now. If your ears are hard to hear, you can believe to hear right now, right where you're sitting. If your heart has been aching, if your pain has been great, you can believe and receive right now, right where you are. Whatever it is, if you're lame, begin to move that area and cripple, move the area of your body that has been crippled and see what God will do while you're sitting there. We have far too long waited to get a chance to go to an altar and let somebody touch me when in fact the Spirit of the Lord is walking by you right now. He is filling up this place. He is here. He's passing by this moment. Your need to supply just reach out and touch the Lord because he's walking right by you. He's walking up and down the aisle. He's going in and out of these uh, chairs. He's moving according to you. All you have to do and all I have to do is open our hearts to receive because you see, he has created a highway for us to walk on. Verse 8 says, a highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. That's not the old-fashioned Pentecostal variety of holiness. He's not talking about the old-fashioned do's and don'ts and can'ts and won'ts. He's talking about the holiness of his presence, the awesomeness of his glory, the greatness of his value, the purpose of his entire existence has made for you and I a place of holiness unto the Lord. In fact, he has set us apart and he has called us holiness unto the Lord. A highway that we can walk on and be led by the Spirit. And the thing is, is we can do it together. I read to you that one person encouraging one another, exhorting one another, calling on one another, checking on one another, working with one another, bringing us to that place on this highway. The unclean shall not pass over it. Now, this is some tough talk. But it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool or foolish, shall not go astray. No lion or no devouring animal shall be there. 
nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there. Now here's the part I like. But the redeemed, the redeemed, the redeemed, we shall walk there. The redeemed, we shall walk there. I know it doesn't say we, but I can put that in because I'm promised that. The redeemed, we shall walk on this highway. And there the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Are you ransomed? Has he redeemed you? Has he paid the price for you? Well, yes, he has. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And I like this part. All of you who have lost great things, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. On this path, on this road, through this gate, as we walk it better together. And I have said we believe without limits. Why? Because we know our limitless God. And our promises from him are yes and amen. We know that we serve and live in and have a limitless God. So when we're on this highway, we can look at it and, pos and positively say, he is leading. He is leading. And another one of our core values in this house is that we honor. We honor God first and foremost. In this nation, there's becoming a real problem in defining and deciding who we're going to honor. The intensity of evil begins to shine brighter toward us all and or be revealed more. Let's say it that way because I don't like putting the term brighter. It's being revealed to us more every day. The intensity of the darkness is showing up in a greater measure. But isn't that what God said would happen? Isn't it? For darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness, the people. Darkness being a lack of understanding, a lack of vision, a lack of wisdom. In fact, a lack of anything sensible. It would turn to chaos. This is what is happening. This is what we're looking at. And this is why we've got to make a decision on who we honor and how we honor. And how we honor. There's so much effort to honor certain men now and women that we're losing track of even honoring God. We're hearing voices from what is called church. And let me, let me make this clear from my heart. Now, pastor might have to present a disclaimer. I doubt that he will. My focus is kingdom. My focus is Jesus. My focus will always be kingdom focused. But focusing kingdom does not negate me from fleshly responsibility. My focus and my 
victory and my message, even my song, will be on kingdom. But in the process of kingdom living and kingdom preaching, I must present myself honorable before a world that if I don't speak and I don't stand and I don't do what I'm supposed to do, they're going to hell in a handbasket and I'm the one that might have the word fitly spoken at the right time to turn them around in this life. So I've got a responsibility at the same time. I cannot be so heavenly minded I cease to be of any earthly good. So when I say I'm kingdom minded, I want you to understand that in kingdom mindedness, I have done this. I have set my face like a flint looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. We used to, uh, people would wear those bands. Some of you may have them on right now. We went with the what would Jesus do? And I, I used to tell people, I said, won't you change that around to what did Jesus do? Because he's our example. We can look in the book. We can read it. It tells us what he did. And then he says, do what I do. I don't do anything. Jesus said, I don't do anything but what I've seen the Father do. And he's intimating to you and I, then don't you do anything except what you've seen me do. Because if you saw me do it, I did it for the Father. Therefore, if you do it for me, you're doing it for the Father. And if the Holy Spirit leads you into anything, he will lead you to do what I did for the Father. This isn't brain surgery or rocket science. This is just plain out common sense when you read the book. However, there's a great lacking of such stuff in this world around us. But let us not say, that common sense lacks in the house of God. Let us not say that we fall short in any of these things because here's what the word of God says. God was going to talk to Moses. They were moving off into the wilderness. You don't have to look it up. They won't show you because I'm not going to quote it. But in Deuteronomy chapter 5, God says to Moses, come over here and stand by me. Now, can you imagine? I mean, really, think about it in a minute. In all the splendor and glory that Moses is standing in, God just says, come over. You can look it up in Deuteronomy 5. He says, come over here and stand by me. I want to talk to you. Come here and stand by me. I want to talk to you. Don't be afraid. Just come over here and stand here. I'm throwing a little extra in for benefit. He said, I'm leading you in this way. And these are my commandments. Walk in them. Don't turn to the right. Neither turn to the left. Stay focused on what I have said. And walk in them. Now, people in religious circles have gotten so inept... And they throw themselves into, when they say commands, thinking of only the Ten Commandments. You better go back and read this book. There are commandments from the Lord that started in Genesis 1 and didn't stop. 
Now, I'm not talking about the law of Moses that in the washing and the sacrifices and and the parting out of the parts and all of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about God laying out a plan for you and I to walk in that would bring life. A plan for you and I to walk in that would bring health. A plan for you and I to walk in that brings victory. There are commands in here in every part of our lives that still exist and, the, and they, were, they were not necessary to be done away with in the crucifixion and resurrection because they're life plans, they're life guidance, they're life issues. And so when he talks about commands, he's talking about the life issues, the way God will lead us into all of life's issues. So he says, keep these commands, walk in them, keep them before you. Then he turns around and Joshua, it's his turn. Joshua's standing there ready. I would say probably with some trepidation and here God comes up and he says to Joshua, he said, listen, here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to be strong. I want you to be of good courage. I don't want you to be dismayed of what all is out there. I want you to look straight at me. I want you to take my people in. I want you to obey my commands. And when you take them in, tell them, don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Stay in the commands that I have given you. Don't veer one way or the other in what I have said. Now, when I look at this book and I realize this book makes it really clear what you and I are facing today. And so our first level of honor is right here. We honor God. We honor God. We just honored God in our giving. We honor God in our preaching. We honor God in our presence. We honor God when we work, walk with one another. We honor God when we talk about God in the community of man. We honor God when we pray. We honor God in every way of our existence. And when we do, it's with great promise. And I pursue him, pursue him with excellence. I want to honor him greatly. I don't want to mess around and play around. But he tells Joshua, listen, when you go in there, don't, don't, don't get yourself all twisted. Don't get yourself all messed up. Look straight ahead. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. And yet when we read the story, they walked over into the promised land and they're doing real good. And all of a sudden, the Gibeonites come over and they, they trick them. And they start getting into trouble. We're in a highway, and I want you to turn to Revelations 22. I want you to see something. Most people believe that everything about Revelations is chronological, but it isn't. In Revelations 22 and I'll actually read 12 first. Jesus said, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now to you and I, that ought to tell us something. This portion of scripture I'm reading is yet to happen. I'm coming. But the rest of the portion of scripture is happening now. It is right now. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right 
to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Because you can enter in. I want to tell you, you can enter in now. I read to you out of the Old Testament, come boldly. I read to you out of Hebrews, rather, come boldly. Come boldly, right now, enter in now. This is not about when we finally get to heaven. When we all get to heaven, we won't have a plea. When we all get to heaven, we won't have a request. When we all get to heaven, we won't have any of that stuff. When we all get to heaven, we won't need anything else. But this is about now. And we come in to the tree of life every day of our lives. Well, now, wait a minute. How's that possible? What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. The tree of life is Jesus. In fact, if you read the book, you realize in there where, where even, even Paul stated about the branches. And if the branches are grafted in, we're grafted into the tree of life. Jesus. And if we're grafted into the tree of life in Jesus, we have to understand that we'll produce fruit as a result of Jesus in our life. So we have a boldness to enter in on a constant basis to the tree of life and not only add to, but draw from. Because if we're not drawing our strength from the tree of life, we're going to go weak and we're going to fail. But we go into that tree of life and we enter in and we enter in and we enter in. But we also, when we enter in, we also come out. Because as yet we are still in this world even though we are not of this world. Because if you're a kingdom person, you are a child of God. You have a heavenly domain already for you. If you are a child of God, you already walk with the name of God on your life. We walk in him, and in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Albeit we're walking in this world, we still are in him, and he is in us. So our influence isn't out of worldly understanding and wisdom. Our influence is out of the power of the Holy Spirit. So if the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, the whole earth has to see the glory of the Lord in you and me. And he'll see the glory of the Lord in you and me when we realize we already have his glory. We're looking for smoke. We're looking for sign. We're looking for flames up here. So many are now looking to see an angel. I would like to see an angel, but my life doesn't depend on whether I do or don't. See an angel because one day I'll see a bunch of them. But there's never been an angel suffer for me. There's never been an angel die for me. There's never been an angel do anything that would bring a victory outside of following the command of Jesus as Jesus has declared to the angels who are servants of the people to you do this for Val and take care of it right now and they come and do it and I don't even know it. So I don't say, oh, praise the angel. Because I don't even know the angel did anything. And if I did, I can't do that. Because if you read the book, you realize when John saw the angel, one day he started to worship and what did they do? He said, oh, no, 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 don't you dare. 
But we're kingdom people. We're child of God. We're children of the Most High. We come in and out to the tree of life. We enter in and we come out. Go back to Revelations on the screen for me, please. We come back into this thing, but when we go out, he says something vitally important that I want you to know because in this life you and I are in right now, and I'm going as quickly as I can, I want you to grasp this. But outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. For outside, outside of this kingdom, off the beaten path of this road, if you move to the left, you're going to run into dogs. You're going to run into evil. If you move to the right you're going to run into dogs. You're going to run into evil. How many of you have dogs that you love and you pet? Some of you even silly enough to have cats. <laughs> but they're still animals. And it may be the prettiest little fluff ball you ever saw. But if that dude gets mad, it becomes an evil beast. I was going to try to take one off one day and I picked it up. You know how you get that extra hair behind the neck? That dude flipped on me in its skin and dug every claw in all four paws into my arm, which I had a short sleeve shirt on which I never did again. And then I turned loose of it, but I, wouldn't, I couldn't get it to turn loose of me. And I know that's a funny little thing, but it makes a point. If we turn our focus, if we turn our heart away from being fixed like a flint on Jesus, if we turn everything about us and we put our focus totally to the right or totally to the left, we're going to run into dangerous places in our heart. Not just in life, but in our heart. Because we will be out there away from kingdom practices, kingdom promises, kingdom power, kingdom life. Now that doesn't mean we negate nor we ignore what is going on in our country we have those who are on the right we claim they're the holy ones and we have those that are on the left and we claim they're the evil ones many of us claim that but who are we because in essence the further you go right the more you find evil and the further you go left the more you discover evil but if you stay focused in the process, see, we have let ourselves move from our position of influence as children of God into followers of culture and custom and problem. And we fail to influence in the proper manner. Right now, it is critical that the body of Christ take a stand for righteousness. 
righteousness exalted. Now, there are for sure evil things amiss and afoot. For sure evil is running rampant. We are looking at political dogmas that are absolutely anti-Christ, anti-God. We're looking at practices that are as evil as anything Sodom or Gomorrah ever thought about. We're looking at all of those things and they're happening right now. And we can't take a silent mouth about it, but we can, as Abraham said, look, if there's 10 righteous in that city, can you save them? And if there's not, you shake the dust off your feet and you stay on the highway and you stay on the right way and you stay on the way of God and we operate in the way of God. Whatever comes out in this political season ahead of us, I'm telling you, you better keep your focus. You better let your heart be on Jesus Christ and him first and foremost. You, he better be the mainstay and guide. And we, like never before, must stay closer together to one another in the midst of this. And we're not going to have a falling out. However, if I look at something and I tell you that's evil, you best believe it. Because after all my 70-something years of life... I have seen evil and stared it in the face and looked at it through pistol barrels. I've looked at it through bowie knives. I've seen it through vicious people. And just like Paul said, I fought evil beasts at Ephesus. I've fought evil beasts in Tennessee. I've fought evil beasts in Illinois. I've seen some evil beasts in Missouri. I've looked at them face to face and I've seen God overcome them. Yes, they exist. But no, they are not the authority. You are. Jesus in you is the authority. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Jesus shining through you that will make the difference in the world around you. It is the word of the Lord, which is a strong tower we can run into and be safe. It is the name of God. It is the power of God. It is the presence of God. It is the joy of the Lord. It is the victory of God in our life. It is the overcoming promise of Jesus Christ that he has given to you and I that said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have made you an overcomer. You You are more than conquerors in me by my name. It is me, God said. It is I. I have made you. I created you. I formed you. I know everything about you. I'm aware of your hangnail. And I keep prompting you to get your clippers and cut it off, but you keep ignoring my voice. And we think, well, that's silly. Not really. Because he actually loves us that much. And he knows if we'll listen to him, we'll be better off. Tanya, you want to come on back? Worship team. But outside are dogs. Now, he didn't tell you to be afraid of dogs. He just told you they're there. Peter said they're called brute beasts. 
Jude 10 says they're brute beasts. And we get surprised that sinners act like sinners. And sadly, we're starting to where we get surprised that Christians actually act like Christians. All the time, not just at certain times. We had a little conversation right before church about Christian car salesmen. And Roger gave me this long title that was very impressive. That simply interpreted says car salesman, but it, it had such volume to it. It had so many words to it that it actually sounded viable. You, you thought, wow. But how many things in life are actually brute beasts with fancy names? And we can't see it because our focus is wrong. And yet Holy Spirit says, I'll lead you. Open your eyes. Open your hearts. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me show you the right.